All right, so as, uh, as Kit mentioned, and I mentioned this morning, our uh, topic tonight is we've been going through the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 through 23. Uh, our next one on the list is faithfulness. Up until this point, we've looked at two of the three categories of the fruits of the Spirit that are found in Galatians, the first of which were love, joy, and peace. Those are um, the fruits of the Spirit um, that turn our attention toward God. Uh, the last two that we just went over, or the last three, part of this set of uh, graces, as it's called, uh, is, uh, was long-suffering or patience, kindness, and goodness. Uh, and that set of graces is, uh, helps us to focus our minds in terms of others and how we treat others in, uh, in our daily lives. The last set um, are more self-reflective types of um, graces, uh, if we stick with the, the naming that, that has been given uh, by others at least. Um, and this, this last group is faithfulness, gentleness, or meekness, depending on your translation. And the last one is self-control. Um, it's, it's funny, um, our shower curtain in our bathroom has the fruits of the Spirit on it. And the verse that's on the shower curtain leaves off self-control. I'm like, what? I need to get a Sharpie out and, and write it on the shower curtain. Why is it missing? Uh, and, and all around the shower curtain, all the other fruits of the Spirit are in there. Love, joy, peace, and there's little Bible verses that go with each, but self-control is missing. Um, I'm gonna, when we get to that, I'm going to talk about translations and why I think perhaps that has been left off. I don't really know just yet. I'm still looking into it, but uh, there are some translations that simply leave that off. But, nonetheless, it is an important fruit of the Spirit. Now, as we're going through all of these, we have to remember that the fruit of the Spirit, every fruit of the Spirit, is a characteristic of God. It's a characteristic in which we reflect in our own lives. If we are walking by the Spirit, the Spirit of God, then we also ha we should have these characteristics. We should show these in our lives. So the fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. The faithfulness that the Spirit uh, produces, um, as defined by the Greek, is pistis, or pistis, um, and this is often used in the New Testament to refer to uh, one's belief or conviction in respect to God and Jesus. When we say we have faith in Jesus, we have faith in God, that's that Greek word. However, that word also carries with it a different uh, definition, a more um, quality type definition um, in terms of fidelity, um, faithfulness, how one is faithful to their spouse, right? I am faithful to my spouse doesn't mean that I believe in her as some deity, right? The same, oh, you'll learn. Uh, I just put my foot in my mouth, didn't I? <laughs> She's giggling, but I think it's an evil giggle. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's a cackle there I heard. Uh, Oh, man, I just... All right, foot out of mouth. Let's continue. Um, so to John's point, John, John asked about uh, great is thy faithfulness. God's faithfulness is a, a wonderful faithfulness, but it's a faithfulness, when we think about God's faithfulness, it's a faithfulness toward us, towards his people. Right? God can't have faith in himself. So when we're talking about 
faithfulness, in terms of the fruit of the Spirit, of course our faith in God is important. Our faith in Christ as the Son of God is important. And when we talk about maintaining our faith, or as we talked this morning, running the race of faith, enduring until the end to receive the crown of life, that is faith in God and in Jesus, right? Um, this word, though, in terms of the fruit of the Spirit that we're going to be looking at tonight, um, can be defined as the character of one who can be relied on, faithful, to be trusted, reliable, as Vine's Dictionary puts it. Um, another commentator calls it the virtue of reliability. And so while many translations have the word faithfulness there, so I think reliable is another good translation. I don't know of any translations that have that because this is one of those verses that have kind of maintained the, the course of time. But when we think about faithfulness in this sense, let's think of it as uh, reliability, um, as uh, you know, similar, again, to how one is faithful to their spouse. Now, this virtue of reliability, of faithfulness, is not something that's very common today. Uh, when we look around at the numbers in, in terms of the divorce rates, faithfulness to one's spouse is declining. Faithfulness to um, church, to faith in general, is declining. The statistics show that um, attendance, the faithfulness to attend uh, worship services, is also declining. Um, in uh, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6, uh, the the psalm or the no, the um, the wise man Solomon um, details uh, that um, some may claim this virtue, but it's actually something hard to find. The psalmist in uh, Psalm uh, Psalm twelve, not one twelve, Psalm twelve. If you want to turn over there, Psalm twelve, verses one through two. I want you to listen closely to this. The psalmist here describes uh, a lack of faithfulness in his day. Right, This is thousands of years ago. But I want you to listen to it, and I think it describes a condition that is much like our situation that we have uh, in the world today. And it's, not, it's no coincidence. This has existed for a long time, and it will continue to exist. Uh, Psalm 12, verses 1 through 2. Save, O Lord, for the godly one is gone, for the faithful have vanished from among the children of man. Everyone utters lies to his neighbor with flattering lips and a double heart they speak. Boy, does that sound like political ads, eh? They're all over TV right now. I got the mail on, what was it, Friday or Saturday? And every piece of mail was a political mailer. And Sarah threw one out. She goes, if you can't tell me what you're going to do and all you're going to do is bash the other person in this, uh, I don't care to read this. That's pretty much what politics is all about, especially when it comes to winning an election, is to utter lies to your neighbor or flattering lips and double-hearted double speaking. Right? A lot of these ads that we see on TV talk about, uh, in this election season, I don't know what it is, but it seems like they're trying to take candidates that are for one party and painting them negatively against one major person within that party and saying, well, if you vote for this person, it's like voting for this bad person. But it doesn't tell you at all who that person is and what they stand for. But what about outside of politics? What about in our day-to-day -day life? 
right? In verse 1 it says, For the faithful have vanished from among the children of man. The, the trends in terms of statistics, believers are shrinking. The number of people in the world who believe in God, in America I should say, because I haven't seen world statistics, but American statistics, according to the Pew Research, Pew Research Council, is declining. It's been doing that for a while now, ever since the 80s, really. It's been kind of in a slow decline, um, and now it's kind of dropping even faster, especially among young people. The psalmist says, The faithful have vanished from among the children of men. Of course, here there's talking about Israel, right? So those who are led by the Spirit, however, will produce a fruit of faithfulness in their lives. So while this is a, a, uh, a virtue that seems to be missing for, for many people, hopefully it's one that is at least present within the life of a Christian. And how does that look? How does faithfulness or reliability look within uh, the life of a Christian? Well, of course, as I mentioned before, faith in God, that sort of faithfulness, is required uh, in terms of those who want to receive the crown of life. We talked this morning about enduring until the end, Jesus mentioning it twice in Matthew, and then in Revelation chapter 2, verse 10, Jesus again says that, uh, he says, be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. Okay, so faithfulness in terms of our belief in God and our trust, our trust in Him, our reliance on Him, that may, needs to maintain till the end. Now, what about the other kind of faithfulness? What about the kind of reliability in our life as a Christian? Here's some areas that I think that many of us, myself included, uh, and many people inside and outside uh, of our congregation could work on in terms of faithfulness. The first of which is the use of our talents, the use of our abilities, the use of the opportunities that we're presented with. Matthew chapter 25, turn over there. This is Jesus' parable, uh, parable of the talents. Um, you know, we all have talents. Some of us can lead singing. Some of us can speak. Some of us can, can teach and preach. And others can, can uh, teach Bible classes in, in terms of our worship assembly, right? But we have other talents outside of that as well. Some of us are real good at math. Some of us are good at talking good. Some of us are good at correcting others who don't talk so good. Some of us are good at saving lives, right? Nurses and doctors. Those are all talents that we have. Matthew chapter 25, and I want to look at verse 21 in terms of the good and faithful servant. Right? His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Why was he a good and faithful servant? Because he took a little bit, the talent that he was given, and he put it to good use. He doubled it or tripled it. He, he increased it, right? And then if you pop down to verse 24, verses 24 through 26, he goes to the, uh, the lazy servant, if you will, right? Who thought he was being clever. Verse 24, he said, He also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid... And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, you can have what, you're, what is yours. 
But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. Meaning I gave you a talent, and you didn't use it. You hid it away. You should have used the talent. You should have used the opportunities that you have. And so faithfulness um, can play an important role in how we use our talents and the opportunities that are presented. And those opportunities, as I mentioned, can include duties within the church, things that, that, uh, that need to be done, whether within the worship assembly or teaching classes. Um, you know, Hebrews chapter 10, I've, I've uh, brought this out many a time, and I'm sure as some people were reading through their, their reading this week through Hebrews chapter 10, they probably got to Hebrews 10, 24 through 26, and said, oh no, Derek's going to preach on this again. Nope, you're wrong. Verse 24, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. For if we go on sinning deliberately, after receiving the knowledge of truth, there, is, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins. We talked about that this morning a little bit. But in verses 24 through 25, I preached a whole sermon series on this, right? Scripture salad is what it was called. The lettuces. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together. Let us stir up one another, encourage one another. You see, those things that we do when we come together and we assemble together in worship, we've talked about it in our morning Bible study. Many of us that are here have been in that class um, so you know what I'm talking about in terms of how we can encourage one another in our worship. But encouragement also comes um, within other things that we do. In teaching classes, whether it be the young people or the older people, um, teaching has uh, a, a great uh, value to that. Another, uh, another place in which faithfulness um, needs to reign supreme is in our duties as parents, as spouses, and as even as children. Uh, Titus. Chapter 2, verses 3 through 5. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and to so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Ephesians of course, Paul goes into great detail in the book of Ephesians in terms of the family and the, the roles uh, within relationships and, and, of course, with children and parents. Ephesians chapter 5, um, verses uh, 22 through 23. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Right? Those are responsibilities. Those are duties as spouses that... Exists, And, of course, you can continue reading that chapter and, and find more. And, ver and then in chapter 6, for children, children, children. Yeah, see? <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, 
Did you hear that? He's laughing at me. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So there are duties that we have, right? As, as husbands and wives, as, as fathers and mothers, and of course, as children as well. Now, faithfulness, again, as I mentioned, is circles around the, the, the term reliable. Those who are faithful will be blessed by the Lord. Psalm 31, verse 23 Love the Lord, all you His saints. The Lord preserves the faithful, but abundant repays the one who acts in pride. Proverbs 28, verse 20. The faithful man will abound with blessings, but whoever hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. You know, when we think about our reliability, when I think about it, you know, I... Kip mentioned that I, I'm looking into going back to school. Um, and in my application process, I had to request my transcripts from Harding. And what a depressing uh, few minutes that was, looking over the, the transcripts. I sent my transcripts off to Heritage Christian, and uh, I've, I was accepted in, into the school uh, on academic probation. <laughs> yeah, that's how bad I was at school at Harding, that I've already been accepted on academic probation. You're so bad... Uh, at school, that we were going to keep our eye on you. That's fair. I was a terrible student. And when I think about reliability, when I think about faithfulness, I didn't go to class. I didn't do my homework. I didn't study for tests. Right? People, looked, people would look at me, I'm sure, in class and be like, I do the lazy bum. Derek's actually in class today? What happened? Did, is the power out in the dorm? You know, the, the way we present ourselves in our jobs, in our schools, are we a reliable person? Are we someone that others can rely on? Remember, faithfulness or reliability is a, an attribute of God because we as Christians, we rely on Him for His mercy and grace. We rely on Christ and His blood and His sacrifice for the forgiveness of sins. In our own lives... Can people look to us as reliable people, as trustworthy, as someone deserving of faith? And I'm not talking about faith and belief in, in some kind of deity, but you can put your faith in someone that they will do what they'll say, right? Children should expect that of their parents. When a parent says something, the child should believe that that's what's going to happen. When a politician says, never mind. We know that when a politician says something, the fact that it could happen is probably not going to happen. The military. Right? Soldiers put their faith in their commanding officers. And if you've ever read or, or heard about the story of Bo Bergdahl, that name probably rings a bell. He was captured... Uh, by the Taliban, um, held hostage and ultimately released through a trade of prisoners from Guantanamo Bay, etc. There's a lot of negativity that surrounded that whole story. But from Bo's own words, he says that he did what he did because he lost faith in the leadership of his platoon. And his whole intention was to bring 
light to that and to get an audience with a higher up general to discuss that with him. Ultimately, it was a terrible decision and caused a lot of death even within his own platoon. But when soldiers lose faith in their commanding officers, the likelihood of them following them into battle or trusting in them goes down. And so faithfulness obviously plays a role in that as well. So faithfulness in the life of a Christian, of course, our faithfulness in terms of our faith in God, our belief in God and Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, but also in how we are reliable in our own lives. Because as Christians, we reflect the life of Jesus. And we walk in the Spirit, we bear fruit resembling the fruit of the Spirit. So do we show faithfulness in our lives? Can people look at us and count on us and see us as reliable? Next week, we're going to look at the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness. Um, and we'll, we'll look at that. Um, but tonight, you know, we always want to offer up uh, the invitation uh, for those who may have need. Um, we all live a life that is not just sitting in these pews on Sundays and Wednesdays. But we live other lives. We, we go about our, our daily work life, our day-to-day life. Um, and there, we all struggle with things in some capacity. If you're struggling with anything faith, spiritually wise, or even health wise, and you need the assistance of the church, that's what the church is here for. I met with the elders yesterday, and I um, talked about how blessed we are, my, my family, to be here. Um, I'm not going to choke up. Yes, I will, because we all know I do. But we are a family here. You know, I see it in how my children interact with the, the folks in the church. We had a fight with Lincoln tonight, so not to sit with Ann and, and Dave, because Grandma and Grandpa are here. <laughs> you see Ann and Dave every week. You don't see Grandma and Grandpa every week, right? But they long to come to church. They are upset when they can't come to church because they took terrible naps and they have bad attitudes, and we're not going to put other people through that, right? And they get bummed out. They want to go to church. They look forward to church. Um, but I think ultimately they look forward to the fruit that the church presents to them. It is a family that we have here, and we are here to help you and support you in any way that we can. Uh, If we can assist you tonight, if you wish to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins, or if you have any other need that we can help you with, now is the time that you can come while we stand and sing.